We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 363. What a weekend it was, all culminated in Scott and I both recording from basements in parts unknown. Scott, your voice is shot. I am still feeling the effects from Saturday, driven back and forth from Manhattan about three times today. So, you know, typical weekend, I guess. Yeah, I'm done. My This... <laughs> It's a miracle that we're recording this show, honestly. The, um, we are both recording from basements, you and your in-laws, me and my sisters. So we're both, this is perfect for a podcast, right? Like we're now in the basement recording This while is the everybody else lives their, lives their life. We're like, guys, got to go record a podcast. I'll be back. We're going to go to the basement. We are now. literally the um, podcasters from the basement. Yeah, we are, we are that clean. But yeah, un- unbelievable weekend. Like really an unbelievable weekend, uh, starting with the event on on uh, on saturday going out there with um what 100 we said 165 170 people and uh you know the way that it the way that it went it was just fun hanging out with everybody obviously we had the awesome pregame yeah. at billy's beautiful the blue point uh sponsorship was amazing those guys were, were, were awesome and then culminations two walk-offs Hello. yeah it, the, the event we took we kicked the event up a notch this one with the pregame party moving it to billy's which we've said all along the space at Billy's is is ideal for something like a Bronx pinstripes pregame the blue, blue point sponsorship where they kicked in two free beers we had the pill uh, the pinstripe pilsners flowing the toasted lagers flowing 
everyone was having a good time. It was beautiful out. It was it was not too hot, unlike the last event. So it was comfortable sitting in the stands. And then the walk-offs. Your guy Lemayhu gets it on on Saturday. Couldn't have worked out any better for you. Number twenty-four of the season. I lost I lost my goddamn mind on that home run. Everyone did. And when Judge hit it too, I don't know if you've seen the replay of that yet, but it's just very very clear on the TV is our section because he hit it <laughs> pandemonium. He hit it directly, and uh, he hit it to like basically section two hundred four or two hundred five. Yeah. Maybe next one, Judge, yeah. you know, aim a little bit more towards center field. Get it in. 206, 206. 206. Yeah, right, right. The other yeah. way around. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was great. And then the LeMahieu one, it was just, uh, you know, you're waiting for it because you're, you're waiting for all your, these things to happen. And when LeMahieu gets up there, I, I saw a quote. And again, I've been kind of out of touch with like what, what's been happening in media. I've been just kind of, because I've been at the stadium pretty much um, the, the past couple of days, but I heard a quote that said, I think it was Boone who said this, that he was 0 for 4 and LeMahieu doesn't go 0 for 5. So they were expecting something good, you know? And when you see him up in that, in that moment, you're just like, okay, something good's probably going to happen here. Let's be ready for it. And it did. Well, they used to, when LeMahieu was coming up, everyone stood up and I said, and I know a few people said, this is our MVP. This is our MVP. He's going to do something right now. What was it first pitch? First pitch, first pitch boom, mm-hmm. game over. And it kind of, just from a also versus Oakland perspective, they finally got a win against that team. It had been it had been right. 0 for four. I was at the game Friday night. They got their asses kicked on Friday night. So to come back in that game on Saturday, get the walk off win, and then look dead and buried today, late in that game, come back and win again is huge against a, a, a very tough team. Oakland's a tough team. Well, and Manaya looked good today. First, first, I think it, that was his first. He could be a game of, uh, changer. Tommy John, he could be right? a game changer for them. Oh, absolutely, because he looked really good. And if he is that guy and he can get length for them, that's a that's a dynamic pitcher they can uh, add. Especially if they're in for a one game wild card game and they, they're able to throw a guy like Manaya and, and could get some length because he can be dominant. Um, but no, they they you know I wouldn't say they were dead and buried because it was like. You know, there were nothing was really happening. You know, there were uh, they had some opportunities that they couldn't take advantage of. But for whatever reason, I know we're going to talk about this. Like we're we're rolling in guys that we just picked up off the off the curb from other teams' AAA, yeah. and then all of a, and then Ch- and then Chance Adams is coming in to throw in a, in a was a zero zero game. Well, no, Dahl like, Dahl comes in in the zero zero. Yeah, I know, but that's that's what I mean. That started it with Dahl when he when he came in uh, was zero zero game. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like Jay Happ pitched a good damn game just now. How Finally, about we win this one. Finally, pitched a good game. Yeah, pitched, he pitched a good game. He looked really good. I thought, uh, you know, I, again, I couldn't see the 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 exact strike zone. It didn't look great. Again, I, I don't I'm know what, so, what TV I'm told so me. I'm so freaking tired of this. Like everyone loses their but it was, everyone loses their mind uh, on social media about the strike zone, and I get it. But I'm just tired of it. And I blame I blame I mean, the umps, but I'm just I, I can't oh, I can't get mad about this every week because every week we say the same thing we have the same conversation. Oh, the umps are shitty. The umps the umps screwed us again. Like, how long are we going to talk? I'm not about saying this? they. I'm not saying they're screwed. So that's not even what I'm talking about. I just I was curious more more, more <laughs> curious for my own sake. Like if the strike zone I'm was taking my frustrations it, it, out it on you bad. right now. But no people. That, yeah. I mean that's the complaint again. And then there, uh, the one call I will say the Luke, the Luke, the Luke Voigt, Voigt check, the check swing. swing. I, what are we doing? Ask the freaking umpire. At their it base. was. It was not even borderline. He didn't. He didn't swing. He didn't swing. But you always. I don't care. I, I can at least live with it if they go down to the base and ask the guy at, at either first or third base. Then at least you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're going through the protocols, and and that ump is gonna make the decision. But when it's the home plate ump, and he calls it, and he makes the wrong decision, then I lose. Then it's frustrating. You got. It's like it's it. 
Luke Voigt should have been. It pissed, was a big moment. Off. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And and uh, he, I mean, he was going down to his to his leg to take off his shin guard to to lay it on the on the ground so that the bat boy come pick it up and walk his ass to first base because there was no no question about it. Um, and, and while I was sitting in the stands, I was I was behind home plate towards the like third base side a little bit. I could tell from where I was sitting, it wasn't a damn swing. It didn't look like a swing at all. And I didn't know if the bat came through too much, you know, uh, when you look at replay. And I saw the replay. You can game. always tell by the, because I forget when you said this. I think you were like, Aaron Judge is not a good actor. No players are good actors. They're, the players are always going to tell you if they swung or not. They're going to try and fake out the ump. But normally they can't fake out the ump. Luke Voigt knew he didn't swing and went down to right. take off his shin guard and was going to run down to first base. And and yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating. And I, I don't know what would have happened that inning because that would have been first in second, right? Yeah. With, with two, two outs. Yeah. Two outs. So who knows what happens later in that inning. But what it say the Yankees hadn't come back against Hendricks in the ninth inning, then you could have said, well, that even if they didn't score in the eighth inning, maybe they throw, make them throw another nine, 10, 11 pitches, and then he's got a harder ninth inning. But, you know, they, they ended up winning anyway with the, the Guardy and Mike Ford. Mike Ford now has double-digit home runs. I feel like he's barely did, played any games, and he's got double-digit home runs. I had a gut feeling about that when I saw Gordy. Hold on, was, was that like, a fat oh joke? My. You had a gut feeling? No, because I don't think he's fat. But um, I, I actually recorded that one. That was like the that was on the last life of my battery on my phone. And I'm like, I'm getting this because I feel like he's gonna go deep, and boom, sure shit, he goes, he hits the ball, goes around, phone dies like after he crosses home plate. Um, so I couldn't even get to it until like hours later, but it was, it was awesome. It was, uh, it was fun. That was, so this weekend was like extra special for me too, because of the whole BP crew thing. And then today being, uh, it was Kemp's first game at Yankee stadium. And you know, you're, you're going through it. You're, um, uh, it was a zero, zero game for a while. So it was pretty, 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 not that impressive for a little kid. Not that he really, yeah, I was going to say, does he know the difference between a zero, zero and a five, five game? No, but he just sees things happening. He sees people cheering, and he gets pumped right. up about that, and starts you know going excited. He calls out Didi. I mean, he he was awake for that. But the cool thing was is that um, he was awake in the very very beginning, like for the first three four innings, passed out, just knocked out, which was good for us. Trust me. Um, and then he woke back up. I gave him a little cotton candy, a little smelling salt to get back up in like the eighth <laughs> inning, and saw the whole thing. And uh, it was cool because. Um, uh, one of our guys, a guy that uh, Nick, who helps us out with, our, with with tickets for the events and stuff, came up um, and uh, and gave me the uh, Manila envelope with the the um, certificate yeah. for Kemp's first game. Pretty I saw cool. that picture on Twitter. So, That's, that is pretty awesome. And I thought I think it it's hilarious awesome. that you're holding up the little certificate and he's just out cold. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it was it was a blast, man. It was just it was just a lot of fun. It was a it was a you good got time. you got to really step foot weekend. on Yankee Stadium hollow grounds too. Yeah, I did. I, w- I went through. We're, we were uh, going down there to uh, to meet Mabin, um, and the timing was weird. They they because of the Musina thing, and they kicked everybody out. So even before we could go and say what's up to him, uh, we were out there for like I don't know a couple minutes, and then and then walk back up. Grab, you grab so, a little dirt, a handful of dirt. A little dirt, a little dirt. Yep, and and stood behind home plate. Got some. Uh, closed my eyes. Saw some of those big moments, and uh, and put myself in there. It was pretty neat. Yeah. Have you ever been on, I know they're not the new Yankee Stadium field, but did you ever do the tour of the old Yankee Stadium? You know, I don't remember, honestly. Like, I, I think I did, but I can't remember the time or the place or who I was with, but I feel like I have. But it, it very well could be that I made it up in my mind, too. So I did a tour at the old Yankee Stadium, I want to say. It would have been when I was very I young. did it in, like, maybe 2005, 2006. Um, and they, in the old stadium on the tour, they would let you walk on the warning track and sit in the dugout. 
And mm-hmm. I know from talking to people, I actually talked to someone at the event on Saturday. They did a tour on Thursday at the stadium, and they didn't. They don't let you go down on the warning, even on the warning track. Hmm. Which I feel like if yeah, you're gonna if I you're don't... gonna charge money for a tour, and especially if it's an off day, like the Yankees aren't playing that day, at least let them take a few steps on Walk the warning around. track, right? Yeah, because it's really cool. Once you get down there, then you can look up and you're like, wow, this is the perspective of what the fans or what the players see. And they see all the fans and I'm looking over at section 205. I'm like, damn, that looks like it's very close. It looks like we're like we're on top of the the field, which we kind of are because it's the short porch. But you get that perspective of how close things really are when you're on that field and you can you can feel the crowd like, you know, uh, collapsing in on you. So uh, we really are pretty, pretty much on top of these guys, even if you're in seats further away and you feel like you're a little bit further away. When you're there, man, it's like you're 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 when you're on the field, you can tell how close these guys are. Well, it was even more like that in the old stadium because I remember standing. I had yeah. my arms over the railing in the first base dugout, and I looked up behind me, and you literally like the lip of the third deck in the old stadium is basically above your head when you're in the oh, dugout. Yeah. There, like it is. That it was close. way more steep, yeah. no doubt. It was way more steep. They they had the net, so when I was sitting behind home plate today, I looked up and I, I noticed the net wasn't there. I don't. I don't think I noticed this before, but in the old stadium, obviously they had the net going from the press box to the um, home plate, and uh, because literally people would fall off that shit because it was so it was so high and steep, you would have people fall off of it. Uh, no more net though, so I guess they're trusting people and the angles. Drunk, a bit drunk, drunk I people going tumbling up, down from from the last row of the upper deck. Yeah, I remember going up there. You know, when I'm when I'm a kid, cause I, I did sit up there a lot, and it's steep. It was. Like, you you got to watch your steps when you're going up and it down. It was them. pretty scary. I I never sat in the top row at the old Yankee Stadium, but I walked up there um, one time when we were in the upper deck, and yeah. and holy shit, was it kind of scary. Yeah, it's up there. It was definitely up there for sure. And it was uh, the, the angles were steep. So another just fantastic event. Um, the last one of the regular season, but not the last one of 2019. No, things 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 have changed. Um, yeah, so we're doing we're doing playoff tickets. We kind of we talked about this before. We, we have a lot more clarity now. Um, I met with those with those guys um, today actually, and 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 kind of got all the details. So we have a lot of tickets for section for the ALDS section two hundred five and two hundred six. It's important that you guys look for if you have come to an event. So the way we're doing this is that we're incentivizing everybody who has come to a BP crew event. If you guys have come, you've been part of our group, then you've already received an email. Um, to, to kind of get an inquiry for how many tickets we're, we're looking at. But th- this is the this week the, the tickets are going on sale. All the pre-sales for season ticket holders uh, are happening on, on September 10th, which is not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. So we're going to be a week ahead of that. Um, whether uh, I'm not sure what day we're actually going to release these tickets, but it will be early this week, um, Tuesday or Wednesday. And... So just keep an, keep an eye out. I don't want to say too much because I don't have the exact details planned out exactly how um, we're going to release these, but we are going to release them. It's going to be a certain time, um, and, and you're going to, people are going to get an opportunity to go in on our website and purchase the tickets. And from there, we do it like we would do a regular event um, where the Yankees put all the tickets in our account, and then we transfer them to each individual person electronically. So we're going to do that for the first event, which is we have, uh, I'll tell you right now, we have just, just under 500 tickets for the ALDS. So we, we, we have Section 205 and Section 206. And the majority of it, the first, first couple of rows are not ours. They're already spoken for. But all of those tickets are going to be BP crew, the whole thing. We're, we're going to do an event shirt for this one. It's going to be, we're going to do a white 
uh, a white shirt that I'm I got to figure out a design for it. So we're gonna we're gonna block out that those two sections all in white. It's gonna look amazing, national television, and I have confirmed this. This is confirmed. This is Yankee history. This is the biggest group that has ever come to a postseason game in Yankees history. Is that is that That's what Nick said today? Confirmed, confirmed, confirmed. Yankees history. This is Yankees history. We're making history. history here, folks. We're making Yankees history, people. And the the BP crew, the sea of white shirts especially stands out on TV because we got the screenshots coming from Saturday from the home runs. So yep. it, I think the white shirts are, are a good way to go. White shirts yeah. are a good way to go, absolutely. So, um, we're, so all, just keep an eye out for emails because that's how we're going to communicate. We'll obviously put things on social media saying to look out for them, but um, all of the stuff that you need is going to be in your emails. So if you've come to a bunch of events, we're, 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 we're literally going down this now and, and, and going um, to – if you've come to you know, X amount of events, a lot of events, you're, you're, you're going to get a higher priority um, than, than others. We're going we're to kind of tier it that way. Um, but there's going to be a lot of tickets in the ALDS, and then we've also committed to tickets for the uh, ALCS and for the World Series. So a good chunk of them for two games in each of those series, home game one and home game two. So God willing, and we get past this and move forward, we will be there as well. So I'm, I'm pumped up, man. This is going to be a, uh, a pretty special postseason. So let's hope the boys cooperate and get some, uh, get some magic. Yeah, and I, speaking of getting there, the, I started to do some – uh, sta- some some scoreboard watching, some standings watching. What, is it too early to start doing that, to start thinking about who they might be facing in the ALDS? The ALDS is tough, I think, yeah, obviously, because you don't know who's going to be playing in these, yeah, I mean, it's, it, uh, in these playing it, it's, games. So. Um, so, I, mean, it's, I love calling them playing games now. That we're now that we're not in. in. When, when, when we're in it, it's the, it's the playoffs. <laughs> it actually feels like, no, it really kind of didn't feel like the playoffs then. No. Now this feels like it's going to so, be the playoffs. So, 2015 didn't, but 17 and 18 did. If the game felt like a playoff game, but I'm saying it's just so short, I can't. It doesn't feel like the whole so thing. So right now, I'm getting robbed. right now as it stands, the Yankees are a game up on Houston for best record, but the Yankees have to finish a game up on Houston to secure best record because Houston is a tiebreaker. Right. So just think about it that way. Um, I think that could be significant towards the the end of the season because they're neck and neck. Verlander threw a no hitter today. I don't know if you saw that. I know you were at the game, but <laughs> I did. I did see third, that. Yeah, third I of his that. career. I hate yeah. I hate that I like Justin Verlander. I hate that he lived two doors down from me in college, and I would take two story beer bunks at his house. I hate that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I hate, I hate that he's out there throwing no hitters for some other team, and he lived two doors down from me in college. Yeah, how does that make you feel? But you know, I'm in I'm in the basement of my sister's house podcasting. But, but we're but we're but we're making history. I guess I guess but we're he making history. He's, he's he can't three three no hitters in his career. He's not making he's not making uh, Yankees history in a good way. That's true. But if we're looking at Cleveland, Oakland, and Tampa, who are duking it out, uh, Minnesota too. So those four teams, any any number of those teams could be playing in this one game playoff, which means the Yankees could potentially be facing one of those teams in the ALDS. Or if the Yankees don't get the number one seed, then they could be playing the uh, winner of the AL Central in the first round of the playoffs. Who are you most afraid of out of those teams? Uh, I don't want to play Cleveland. Even after the difficulties that the Yankees had with Oakland this weekend and last week in uh, Oakland. I'm, first of all, I don't like choosing opponents. Okay, let's just get no, that no, straight. I'm not I don't like choosing to, opponents, but th- I think it's fair to look when, at these when other I'm looking, teams and say. When I look at firepower, when I look at, th- at, at, at at teams that can get really hot and have multiple ways of hurting us, I see Cleveland as by far the biggest challenge. You know, obviously not 
not talking about Houston, but Cleveland being a, a, a potential opponent. Um, yeah, because they could get healthy. They they have pitching. They have. So does Oakland though. Oakland proved they they have starting pitching these last six games, and now if Manaya is back and can like you said, give him five. I mean, this he give him five plus innings. He gave him five innings today. What if he works up? Look, and he can go I, seven innings in the playoffs. I understand. I understand that they've they've shown they've shown well in these games against us. But I'm sorry. When I see you who these guys are, and, and Levine, can you? That's what it comes down to. I, I don't respect. No, I, I don't have. You know, he he just throws shit in the wall, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But Manaya is a legitimate. Legi- Manaya is a legitimate threat. These other guys are getting fires. You know, Brett Anderson, you're not afraid of these guys. No, I'm not. I'm not afraid. Of, I mean, all, Brett Anderson looked but, damn good on Friday. Shut the Yankees bats down, and there were some yeah. innings in that Friday night game where I went down to take a sip of beer. And I looked up, and there were two outs in the inning. That's how fast the Yankees were going down. The Yankees are the Yankees can make adjustments. Uh, the fact that they've seen these guys and had some struggles, I, I, I like that because <laughs> if we do, if we go into a series against these guys, you know, I, I just think there's you know another another time seeing them will help them big time. But a guy like Manaya has just has the stuff to overpower you, and also could come in there and just um, and do it. The, the 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 saving grace I think for him is that. The Yankees are so right-handed heavy that they can almost match up for him. And if he's having, you know, misses a couple of spots, you know, they, they could definitely make him pay. But look, again, you look at Cleveland, Cleveland's got the majority, especially if, if they get even more healthy and they continue to get guys back. Um, that's the team that has the pedigree to me that could be a, a real problem. Yeah, wasn't that stat the Yankees were 13-0 in their last 13 starts against lefty starters? Yeah, that's well, a good stat. The, well, I like that number. That, that stopped on Friday night. Got it back, I guess, today. They start, even though they really didn't get against uh, do much against. Yeah, can, can you say that they beat the lefty starter today? No, but I can say they That's won the true. game. Uh, speaking of lefty starters, Sabathia leaves the game. Is that the last time we saw him pitch? Um, after listening to him talk, I heard him actually talking at the uh, at the U.S. Open. I don't know if you caught that Thank interview. <laughs> it was uh, my my family's big tennis fan, so we were watching some of the uh, one of the matches last night. And um, it was CeCe, Hicks, uh, Mabin, and someone else, uh, all at the all at the uh, the tennis match, uh, the, for the Coco, um, the the young girl, the young mm-hmm. American girl. Um, so they were all there, and they were interviewing CeCe and talking to him about what was going. Oh, and Stanton, Stanton was the other guy there. Um, and CeCe just sounded like guys, he, he'll, he'll be back soon. Yeah, and Mabin. He sounded he sounded like he was gonna he was gonna be back, but you know who knows? Will he be back in pitch? Maybe. So Maybe. here's what I'm thinking. It's not going to be much. He's not, I don't I feel like he needs a swan. Yes. He needs a swan. He's swan. not going to be I don't think he's going to be on the playoff roster. What I think they'll do is they'll get him back for a start late in the season to get his standing ovation at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I think that's possible. It's I was thinking about that. I was also when I saw that he went out, I'm like, okay, who's he going to take the ball from and do like the, you know, like a little uh, a Jeter and Pettit thing? Is he going to go out there and so- somehow, how is how are they going to get CeCe out on the field again if he doesn't pitch? Because they're going to have to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to have to be creative with how they but do see, that. But see, I think he can, I, he can just, if, if he's not healthy enough to pitch again, I think he's just gonna, he'll just say, screw it, I'm going to go out there. Because ex- rosters are expanding at this point anyway. They're expanded. So it's yeah. not like he's going to really be taking somebody's roster spot if he comes back for a game. He'll just suck it up well, and go pitch a first inning and then call it a day. But That's, that's a show, though. I feel like uh, CC yeah. wouldn't want to do it, wouldn't want to put some... But he's only pitching like three innings anyway. I know, uh, but here's the thing. 
the thing when you're looking at a guy like that, if he's not healthy and not contributing, and, and look, we all love CC. I'm not going to throw out these caveats every time I say something about it. The guy's old. He knows it. His knee's totally jacked. He's had how many quarter zone shots now when you're not supposed to have that many in a row? Like, he understands what's happening. It's it's literally last leg. We're going and, and just trying to stretch this out as humanly po- long as humanly possible. He doesn't care about the ramifications afterwards. So he's going to shed a bunch of weight. He's going to go out there, get in good shape after he retires, and then he will probably be less of a problem anyway. Um but you know what? If he is on the roster and pitching one inning and doing stuff like that, he is taking up someone's spot. He could be taking up a guy like Davey Garcia's spot who could be a bullpen guy that we'd want to see and, and see how he could throw it uh, towards the end of the season. He could be taking away a, an audition for a guy. You know, you never eh, know. And I don't so, think it's that big not, of a not, deal. Not that I don't think it's – not that I don't think it's a um, – I just don't think he would do it. But I do think he's probably going to come back after some rest. and, and, and Yeah, I was, I was thinking about it on that Friday game. I was thinking that might have been the last, when I saw him walk off the field, that might be the last time. It's very possible. It could be. It wouldn't surprise me either way. Yeah, and it's not, not to say, I thought Sabathia would be a little better this year because he was a, he contributed to the team in more significant ways the last two seasons than he did this year. Right. And I and I just think in injuries. Uh, he pitched pretty well last year too, though. I mean, he, he had some good when he was out there. And, and no, no, I said he contributed in the last two years more than he did this yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's definitely because fair. at least when he was out there the last couple of years, he was better than he was this year than when he was out there. The surprising the surprising times that have CC this year is when he's pitched well for me. So I've I've seen him pitch poorly, and then I see the knee and what's happening to it. And so then when I go out and we see him pitch um, like he did when, against the Dodgers, like that was surprising to me that he was able to 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 stay four in the innings. game as long as he was. Four innings. That was a four inning start. Well, that's where we are. That's where I am with him right now because I feel like anything that he gets uh, because when he's not when he's when he's not right, and when you're seeing when you're seeing him. Um, struggle like it, it gets bad fast. He looks almost non-competitive. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to see, but uh, he, it is what it is, man. He's an older guy on on one leg who's who's not small. Like it's he pulled himself out of that game. He knew that that he couldn't compete, and it put the team in kind of a bad spot. Uh, okay, also, I don't know how long he was going to pitch in that game, but he put the team right. in a spot where they had to go to the bullpen earlier than expected. Canely had a bad night. He gave up three runs in the sixth inning. That was the turning point. And then Guerin comes in, and the game gets out of hand, and the Yankees couldn't really do anything from there on out. And I think it had a trickle-down effect to where, because they had to use Canely uh, and some of the big guys, uh, really just Canely was the big guy used on um, on Friday night, and then Canely and Adovino and Britton and Chapman all had to pitch on Saturday in that extra inning win. That's why we saw... Ryan Dahl making his Yankees debut in a 0-0 game in the seventh inning on Sunday afternoon. I looked up and I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, we're not seeing half, half's not in the game, but but I, I, I'm, if I'm going to be totally honest with you, I first saw the name, I'm like, who the... F-? I forgot that we got, acquired him because I remember someone making a bad joke. I think it was either Brian Hoke or some, one of the beat guys was making a bad joke about the name Dull. Um, so that's what sparked my memory. So I guess it was not a terrible joke because I remembered it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm looking up I'm like, well, what are you doing here? What are we? What, this is a 0-0 game. Jay Happ just pitched the game of his life. Right. Let's, let's go out there and get this guy a W. We can, we can absolutely Well, what did they think was going to happen? Because he immediately loads the bases and gives up a double and, and then another run after that. I, that is what I thought was going to happen, was Ryan Dull was going right. to give up runs. Absolutely. And 
Absolutely. Are, so the Yankees are on a streak still this year. And this is obviously something they're making a point of doing. They don't use arms three days in a row. Right. So that means Canely was out because Canely pitched Friday mm-hmm. and Saturday. Mm-hmm. They could have used Ottavino in that spot, but they were probably saving Ottavino for the eighth inning. See, this is where I hate the saving, the saving guys. guys because they got lucky and they won the game. They came back. But you could save a guy and then never end up using him. Why not go to Ottavino in the seventh inning? Because what if the Yankees score three runs in the bottom of the seventh inning? And then you can go to somebody else. When it's the seventh inning, the and I, know, I understand fifth inning, maybe you try and steal a couple outs in the fourth or fifth inning. You don't steal outs in the seventh inning. That's the thing. When I, when I have a, a lineup like the New York, and I'm like, I, this is semantics. They won the game. That I'm doesn't, not, just, that doesn't justify the decision, though. No, I understand, I understand that. But, but I think it, at the same time, like, uh, it, it, it was fine. Look, well, so it here's, worked here's out, with but like. <laughs> I know. When, when, you, when I saw Ottavino go in the game, in the, is it the eighth inning or ninth inning? When, when he, was pitched the, he pitched when he went the top in, of the ninth. The top of the night. When I saw Adovino pitch the ninth, I'm like, what are we doing here? Why is he pitching in this game? I figured he wasn't, he wasn't going to be even available today. He should have been in the seventh. Because he, who knows? He gets a quick, he gets a quick uh, you know, one, two, three. Not throwing many pitches. You never know what he could do. Um, and also, you never know what the Yankees are going to do. For me, keep it a 0-0 game as long as humanly possible. Keep them at zero runs and let the Yankees offense go out there and do their thing. So the fact that they let this, this uh, dull kid in there um, and just immediately Who came runs from and Chance, Oakland, and then Chance Adams. So maybe they were banking on like a revenge game, and then Chance Adams, who who just gives up runs practically every time he comes in. I'm like, we're punting this game at this point. Why? Why are we doing that? So this is Kemp's first game. Can we not do that, please? Dull comes in to face five, six, and or excuse me, four, five, and six in the Oakland lineup. Why not use Adovino to face the middle of their order, and then Dull to use the bottom of the order in the eighth inning? Because the seven, in that scenario, in a 0-0 game facing the middle of the order in the seventh inning is higher leverage than facing the bottom of the order in the eighth inning. Just because it's the eighth inning doesn't make it higher leverage. I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally 1,000% with you on this one. I, I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm using Adovino early. But again. And I, Britain probably I don't, also. I, don't really, I really don't care. Britain anymore. left the game on Saturday with a calf cramp. It was nothing. But they yes. were probably trying to avoid him too. I think they were trying to avoid a bunch of guys. That's why when we saw him come out, I'm like, okay, this is a day that they're just going to either have to swing the bats a lot more and, and, and steal one. And these, these random dudes are going to have to come out and get some outs and, uh, and, and next, next bullpen up. And uh, that's what was going to happen. I mean, and I understand that at certain days, Boone has to do that. Boone has to say on a, on a given day, I might have to go to some, some guys that I don't trust like I do the other ones, and they're going to have to figure it out and get a win. Okay, but so, – might have been also day. okay. So if you're not going to use Ottavino in the seventh, how about using Cortez? Cortez has a higher on the pecking order than Dull. I guess, but you're not again. Now you're you're going back and forth like with two guys. That no, are, Cortez would at still, least you, that you would still complain about. Uh, I would have understood Cortez in that inning. After Ottavino came back out, I'm looking at Ottavino, and that's the only guy I wanted to say. I would have even extended Jay Happ over Ryan Dull. I would have too. So. It worked out. They got the walk off. How many pitches did happen? He though? had ninety eight. Okay, well, I probably wouldn't have then, especially the way he pitched. If I see Happa going out and a clean ninety eight against a team that's you know scored some runs, I'm, I'm definitely I'm, I'm fine pulling. He him. only gave up the one. But hit. I would have got. But I would have gone to Adovino. Yeah. And if he hit. had come in out and given up a solo home run, we would have you would have destroyed Boone. So I get it. But 
there's no one who thought Dull was a good move, and it turned out to be a, a bad move. So that's why I'm, I'm criticizing Boone for that. Like I said, the fact that they get the walk-off with Gardner and Mike Ford doesn't justify the decision, but I'm happy they won, and I'm happy they got the walk-off against Hendricks also, who had been very effective against them in Oakland, had a couple of uh, saves out in Oakland, and the Oakland bullpen is, is not great. Other than Hendricks, they're not a great bullpen. So that is actually the weakness of the A's, is their like, seventh and eighth inning. Right, and... Oh, right, and their and their starting pitching is nothing scary, but, but it's been very so good this year. Fa- it has been very good. These guys get into um, into a series with the New York Yankees, and I'll feel very confident. They their starting pitching dominated the Yankees in all six games. It's fine. I still am okay with it. Be careful what you wish for. No, see, don't, don't put me in that corner. Don't put don't put baby in the corner. That's that, that's the thing when you're looking at when you're looking at opponents, like you know. Circling people. I'm not circling anybody. I'm not circling anybody. But Oakland doesn't scare me. Okay. So no one scares you other than... No one scares you then. No, even Houston doesn't scare you. Oh, no. They scare me. Do you think the Yankees can beat Houston in a seven-game series on the road? Yes. I think the Yankees can beat anybody. Okay. Would you feel confident that they can... If they're playing the ALCS on the road at Houston, are you confident going in? Yeah, I'm confident in the team because I think they're a good team, and I think they can. They Obviously, can, they're um, a good team. But but here's I'm tr- the what I'm trying I, to ask you is how am much I less confident than on the road? How of course much I should am. they be but, trying to get home field advantage at this point? Yeah, they should. They should absolutely do it. They should. They should go all out for for home field advantage. What's going to happen though is you're going to see the end of the season, and and now we're looking at uh, the different scenarios of of timing and who's healthy and who's not and do we have to rest guys at this point because you know there's a week left and we're going to rest for the ALDS and then which is better do we rest them or do we go all out and get this home field advantage the fact that they're not going to have to play in a um a, a play-in game I think helps them a lot because now they can kind of like set their sights on what they are and in Houston too but they can kind of like they know what they're doing and they'll have opportunity to rest because there's another game in front of them yeah and in the meantime they've got Voight back on Friday but Urshela goes down we know, obviously, we just talked about CeCe. Uh, quick note on Urshela. This means he's definitely not going to be qualifying for the batting title. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's... No, he needed He needed. It he to needed to pretty much... Perfectly he, smooth. he pretty much needed to get the maximum number of plate appearances between now and the end of the season to qualify. He has a three thirty one batting average. Um, but that was a fun storyline we were all following. Didn't work out. And Carnacion is rehabbing. Uh, started his rehab on Sunday. Went one for four. With a bloop single, he got hit by a pitch, but he said he's 100% fine, wrist is feeling good. The big news is, though, Severino started in the game on Sunday. He it pitched an inning plus, gave up three runs, two, excuse me, three hits, two runs, didn't walk anyone, struck out two batters. I saw some people freaking out, being like, oh God, Severino doesn't look good in his first start. I don't give a crap. He could have given up 50 runs as long as his <laughs> arm and shoulder and back and lat muscle and neck muscle and whatever the hell else was bothering him feels good on Monday morning. I am fine. Yeah. Who give, nobody cares about the results except for the, the medical results and how his body feels. That's the, those are the true results. If he feels good, he feels confident in throwing that ball, he's coming back the next day with normal soreness. Those are the things you're looking for. You're not looking for uh, any kind of a line score. Who cares? It's not, it's not what he's there for. He's there to, to pitch. It doesn't, he doesn't care about the results. He's just trying to be healthy. No, he's working just on trying to go out there and feel good. First of all, so... 
And he's working, working on his pitches. pitches. Yeah. He hasn't faced game action all season. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> it's spring training for him. Do we care about what happens in spring training? No. That's what's happening. It's going to be an accelerated right? spring training. Yes, but I'm saying the, the results phase of spring training, we don't care about. Uh, That's the thing. We just need guys to be healthy and ready yeah. to go. Yeah, and they called up, they, they got Dahl, they called up Dahl. Frazier's up. He played on Sunday. Chance Adams got called up. Uh, they they activated uh, Tyler Lyons. They signed him to a major league contract, put him on the 40-man roster. I think it's... Traded, traded McBroomy. Traded your boy McBroomy to the Royals for uh, cash. I think, though, you know, I was looking at the game in Scranton on Friday, and Montgomery pitched an inning and two-thirds and gave up two hits. Also in that game, Ben Heller pitched two innings, and Garcia pitched an inning. When, because I, I think both of those guys, especially Heller, could be a much-needed bullpen arm right now. Like, wouldn't you have liked to see Ben Heller pitch the seventh inning today versus Ryan oh, Dahl? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. So why aren't Absolutely. we seeing Ben I, Heller called up? Yeah, I, I mean... The only thing is the 40-man No, I know. We talked about right? it last he's week. He's still on the 60-day IL, which means he's not technically on the 40-man. But they just added Tyler Lyons to the 40-man. Who cares? I understand that. But I, with Heller still throwing and the fact that he's on the injured list and still technically in a rehab, they're probably going to use up all the rehab or whatever it is so that he can still stay in that spot. It's just it's creating more roster flexibility. You have another arm. it, but... That's it. They're just shuffling things he's around. Got, he's got potential to, see to be Ryan. a dominant bullpen arm. Yeah, I mean, I don't... That's the thing. Like, with the, with the rosters expanding now, we have, like, potential guys that, that can come up and be be helpful, be very good and helpful, and guys I want to see. I don't want to see uh, dull. No. no. No more of that. Please, can, no. we, just, can we just stop <laughs> that? That was, that, was, that was cool. No, so are you going to... Don't ever when come you, back. When, you, uh, when you're talking to Kemp in, like, you know, 10 years, telling him about his first game, you're like... You saw the debut of Ryan Dull. He didn't. Though. He was asleep. asleep. Okay. He knew to go to sleep at the right time. Um, yeah. He passed out and then woke up, I think, when Chance Adams was pitching. I gave him some cotton candy to really wake him up. He was like, look, kid, there's magic sure, in this you gotta get a, There's magic in the pool. A little books. sugar rush for the, for the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Yeah, yeah. I called it smelling salt on Twitter, but I was really just cotton candy getting him. It's, it was you his get like, angry parents Never. tweeting you. Be like, what are you giving your kid? <laughs> he's never had cotton candy before. The first time I took my niece to a game, we had a cotton candy face picture, so we had to get the cotton candy face picture. He only had a little bit, so all you, uh, all you parents out there sh- shaking your ha- finger at me, it was a, a small amount of, of cotton candy, but it did the job. Well, yeah, it's like a thousand percent sugar. Pure right. sugar. It was beautiful. Do you like cotton candy? Like, Who? No. I can eat a little bit of it. It, it hurts not. my teeth. It doesn't hurt my teeth. It just gives me... A, my stomach hole. It's just too much. Sugar. So I have I'm too old. For I have sugar. a sensitive topic to discuss with you. Are you ready? Like your teeth? That's good. Yeah. That's good yeah segue. It was. Um, Didi Gregorius has not been very good and it's starting to become noticeable. Um, so he's have has a bigger sample size at this point. He's got a 90 WRC plus a 94 OPS plus both below league average. He's slashing 253, 286 and 461. I still love Didi's presence in the lineup, left-handed bat. Uh, he still hit a decent amount of home runs. He had the big grand slam in um, uh, at the Dodgers, so he still had some big hits for the team. I mean, did he not have a big hit today? He had a big two-run single today to get them to within a run to s- help set up the comeback. But on Saturday, he was hitting third. In the li- I-, I don't want hit- to hit him third right now either. Like If, if you're going to keep him in the lineup, which I think they should— 
put him a little bit lower, let him figure it out because he still has not found his groove. Let me ask you a question. We're, we're right now playing for a playoff or a uh, playoff rankings, essentially, right? That's what we're doing. We're, we're jockeying for home, home field. But at the same time, we're trying to get our guys right, trying to get them healthy. Do you want DD to hit at the bottom of the lineup right now or sandwich him between two guys where he's going to get some good pitches and be able to get his groove back? Uh, I, to want me, hitting, I, I want him I'm hitting I'm fine seven. with that. I have no problem with him hitting anywhere. He's still DD. He could turn on at any second and get super hot. We've seen him get unbelievably hot, and, and it stayed for a while. And to me, he's going to get better pitches when he's uh, sandwiched between uh, two, two big guys that are you know, going to be le- you know, less attacked by pitching. They'll go after DD a little bit more, give him some more pitching. And, and we know, and we've identified this earlier, I think this year, one of the struggles we saw with him. He's not, he's not taking the walks. He's not looking at the pitches like he was when he gets like, super hot. So to me, I'm trying to get him better pitches so that he can make better decisions. And if I'm going to do that, I'm going to put him between two big hitters. He's got a 286 on base percentage. He's clutch. He got a two. He got a huge base hit today. If uh, if he does not turn it around and he's still about this league average hitter at the end of September, is there a world you could see them sitting him in the playoffs? No, because the best offensive infield, if everyone's healthy, is Void at first base, Lemayhew at second. Glaber at short, Gio at third. Okay. Gio's not, I mean, that's the best offensive. That's okay, what I said. So I'm looking, yeah, I, I know, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm stalling is what I'm doing. And, uh, I, dude, Didi Gregorius is the Yankee shortstop. <laughs> bottom line. That's it. He's a lefty bat. They need uh, a, some complimentary lefty bats in this lineup. Didi's not going anywhere. I don't care if he's struggling. They're going to wait it out. They have another I told you it was sensitive. To I told you it was sensitive. I didn't mean to trigger you. You're getting a little triggered. Well, it's just, no, I just, you know, it, it, what this is, is I, I know the reason we're talking about this is because there's chatter. And, and so, therefore, it's a, it's, a, it's a topic of conversation for some people. And what I will say to you and to them, not to you really, because we're just talking about this because it's a discussion Yeah, I don't, I don't think they should sit. I know you don't. What I'm, what I'm saying to everybody else who does think it, you have, these, these people have no patience. None. It's baseball. You have to let these things play out. The timing and slumps can be extended. But you know what? The hot streaks can come on um, tomorrow. They can come on the next at bat. And they can stay for the rest of the playoffs. Especially with a veteran guy like Didi, who we've seen it before. And he's a lefty bat. And he's a phenomenal defender. And he's a clubhouse leader. And he's freaking clutch as shit, even when he's got bad numbers. He's got over, so, two, he's got over two. There's a zero chance. A zero percent chance. He's got that. over 260 plate appearances at this point. It's not a small sample. Great. No, it's fine. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And, I'm, not, and I'm not worried when, about it. Because you know what also I believe in? I do believe in clutch. I do believe in, uh, in the moments that are bigger and, and some guys step up and some guys don't. And I think Didi is one of those guys. I want to, I want, when I'm going into battle, I want that guy on my Okay, team. so here's a different related question. So you said you want him batting in the middle of the order right now to help get him out of the slump because you want him. I'm saying I have no, no right, problem right. with it. But if, if he's still around league average and we're going into the playoffs and he has not figured it out yet, you're not batting him in the middle of the order, right? No, you put your best lineup in there at that point. So you, And you put your... You figure you see what's because, got, what's happening at that point. Because I don't, you I don't want, like the you set want, lineups. Okay, but but so in the playoffs, I'm not. I think the Yankees. I'm not, I'm not trying to go. I'm not going to even do an order right now. But what I think the Yankees, because 
their lineup has been so fluid this year. And it's and yeah. it's been right-handed heavy, but it hasn't even mattered because the righties have hit everybody. So it's like, who really gives a shit because they're just hitting? You just maximize right. plate appearances for your best guys. And that means guys who I want up more than, often than Didi, with the way he's hitting right now, are guys like Glaber, guys like, uh, obviously, LeMahieu and Judge, and Sanchez, and Gio, and Voigt, if he's, if he's back and healthy, and Carnacion, if he's back and healthy, Stanton, if he's back and healthy. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, no. It's the thing. Like when, when you when we see what the lineup will look like or, and what its potential is and, and who's available, then you make your best lineup at that point. But right now when I'm trying to get a guy out and it really doesn't matter if he's hitting higher up, I have no problem with it at all. I'm not we're not at a point where we need to drop guys at this point in the season because they're not hitting. Especially a guy like Didi. We need him going. We need to put him in situations where he can. And you know hit. what they are? Because that's that's our best. The ironic forward. thing is, this might be helping the Yankees in contract talks with him this offseason. Well, I mean, he's he's put himself in a bad situation. Not, he hasn't put himself in a bad situation. He's unfortunately in a situation that's not a strong place for him. What personally. did we say? Because of the injury, because of the struggles. What did I? Didn't we say? Because of the fact that Glaber could play short. Didn't we say? And uh, Gio has turned into a uh, potentially real third baseman, and Lemayhu is. Maybe the best defensive. He's the best def- defensive second baseman on their team. He's the be- the best defensive baseball player in baseball. <laughs> he's the best. He's the best baseball player. <laughs> it goes Babe Ruth, DJ LeMahieu in in Yankees legacy. Um, no, DJ LeMahieu is a better, much better defender. I'm just Ruth. talking about in general. <laughs> right. um, although Mike Ford's very Babe Ruth esque. I mean, dude. <laughs> I mean, that guy's hitting. Was bombs, Babe Ruth? Man. Was that Babe Ruth fat? Yeah, maybe was <laughs> okay. So I mean, I think him. Yeah, chicken I think legs. Him and, I think him and Ford are in the same category. Nah, dude, my, Mike Ford's Mike Ford's got that girth down below. <laughs> below. He's, he's got he's got the tree trunks. Oh boy! Oh, he's this got is, a tree trunk. This huh? is terrible. He's got a log. Okay, multiple. Yeah, yeah two of them. Uh, three against Texas, uh, and then a, a ten-game road trip. By the way, I've realized that we have very much younger audience listening after this weekend as well. I've met two uh, two very awesome people two awesome kids uh this weekend at yankee stadium who listened to the show so watch your mouth you just said mike ford has has uh is tree trunks for legs yes yeah tree trunks for legs uh any uh we're gonna get the mailbag questions if you guys want to a couple things first of all if you're gonna submit mailbag questions we do it every monday bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast tweet us facebook all the good stuff uh you guys have been sending in some good mailbag questions. There's some fun and interesting ones that I'm looking forward to reading today. Uh, also, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's funny you said you met some people this week. So I met a couple people uh, who were like, hey, I listened to the show and I've rated you. So they say it like, oh, I'm a real I'm a real <laughs> listener Just because so I'm know. giving you five stars. And you know what I say? Thank you very much. I shake their hand. Yeah. I give them a cheers. And we drink to that because it does help us yeah. out. And uh, we say it in a joking way, but if you're a listener of the show for one episode, 10 episodes, 362 episodes, which I think there are some people out there who have listened to all 362, give us five stars. No, absolutely. Um, and, and that's that's one of the it was it was just so much fun. Like the the camaraderie that we're building with this uh, with the group too that we have. It's just been it's been really just a ton of fun, man. And just getting to know people and um, just even walk around like today. Uh, there was a a, um, a boy and his dad that, that came out to me after the game and uh, listened to the show. Aiden, what's up, Aiden? Uh, listens to the show 
and uh, it was just it was just it's fun to meet these guys, you know, outside there and talk a little baseball and enjoy these uh, these walk offs because these walk offs are fun. Let's just keep having walk offs every day. That was the first Bronx Pinstripes walk off. Well, yeah, it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It had, dude. We, we didn't lose a game in the stadium. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. We lost in Tampa, but you know, God who cares? damn it, Scott, you just maybe we have to edit that out. No, for the regular season. There's a regular season right, thing. Okay. But we're we have a, we have Andrew. These are facts here. We had five events. We won five games. Okay. That's it. All right. That's all I'm telling all right. you. Mailbags, Adrian. How do you guys think the lineup will be once we get Voigt, Stan, Encarnacion, and Hicks back? We are crushing balls with what we have right now, and I feel like the guys coming off rehab maybe need more time to get into a rhythm. But in the playoffs, there's no waiting around. So we kind of just talked about the lineup uh, when all guys are healthy. My question to you is, do you think we're going to see the quote-unquote full lineup? Because it seems like every time we take a step in the right direction, we get a step back. Like, the Voigt comes back, Geo goes down. Like, how many times has this happened this year? Yeah, I mean, do we even know what that full lineup looks like? Do we? Is that still a thing? Like I mean, on fact, paper, fact, we know what it looks like. I understand that, but the fact that these guys... Well, maybe, maybe, really, because you could look at Gio Urshela's numbers and you're looking on paper and they look pretty goddamn good. No, no, Gio Urshela is um, in that in that full lineup. No, I know, but Gio, Gio Urshela, look at what Mike Ford's been doing for, for no, the past I wouldn't say know, Mike month. Ford is the A lineup, go- but I think all it's the guys just, that Adrian does listed, is it, Voigt, Stanton, Encarnacion, and Hicks, don't you agree? Those are, those, that's the A lineup. Yes, what, what it does is it's, it's, it's put shreds of doubt and just confusion and complications to everybody who's making these decisions because of the guys. And it's a good problem. I know this, but, but how, how tolerant are they going to be when, when uh, we see uh, John Carlos Stanton coming up with a week left, trying to get his rhythm back, striking out five times a game. It's, it's going to cause, some, it's going to be mayhem. It's going to be mayhem. I, I think the Yankees are smart enough to take everything one step at a time and not overreact to anything, but, but fans are not. Oh, I'm not worried about the team. The team, the team has tough decisions to make. That's what they have. They have, they have tough decisions to make. Fans are going to lose their minds over that. Oh part. yeah, especially because Stanton is a lightning rod. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. If it was if and, it was and, Judge coming back and he goes, if he if he if Judge comes back in the middle of September, if he had come back last middle of September and sucked and went 0 for 50 going into the playoffs, people wouldn't be say sitting Judge. They'd be say Judge is going to figure it out. Yeah. Because it's Aaron yeah. Judge. Although we, there was a couple people. There were some people this, uh, talking shit about him this time. Well, you know, I started, you, you slump long enough around here, <laughs> you'll get you'll get the chatter. Uh, everyone gets booed once, or they'll just call you hurt. Every every Yankee gets booed yeah. once, I think. Jeter got booed yeah, once. Mariano got booed once. Bernie did Bernie get booed? I'm sure he got booed before '96 because there was some there was some Are you rough me? people in the there were some back then. There were some uh, there were some bad teams back then before '96, but Bernie was a, was like a ray of hope with his with, with his glasses. Rex specs? No, he had glasses. I, I do, Those I do were remember like, like straight the, up square mid '90s glasses. Kind of look like what I'm wearing yeah. right now. Uh, yeah, they were square. The off. Uh, this question from Michael um, kind of dovetails with what you were just talking about with uh, guys unexpectedly coming up. So he says, we've all seen how deep the Yankees are this year, and it looks like they are better at tapping into player potential than most teams in the league. What do you think they're doing from an organizational organizational and coaching standpoint that allows them to get the most out of so many different players? Um, 
It's a really good question. The, I mean, it's, it's a, I think it's a, a new, a, it hasn't been this way. Uh, we've seen it. We've seen these phases go come around. Like obviously when, when the 96 championship came, like you saw that, that next wave of guys coming up through the organization and a lot of them played together. And that's what we've seen here. I mean, we've talked about this a thousand times, how much, how these guys have won at different levels. And you know, whether you care about championships in the minor leagues or not, the fact of the matter is these guys have all done this together. Like you see Mike Ford and, and, and now up uh, with, with Judge and uh, Sanchez, they all played together. They all, they all were playing at lower levels in the minor leagues. All of the, a lot of these guys have played together in the minor leagues, which I think builds that core strength. Like how they're, they're, the, the talent evaluation has gotten better in the Yankees. I think that's just a, a blanket statement. I think they've done a better job at evaluating talent at lower levels and identifying who these guys are um, and bringing them into their system and, and putting them through their, their workouts and, and keeping them on the right path. I don't know exactly what it is, but I can tell you that they've just improved personnel, I think, on identifying talent and developing that talent. I, you know, what that method is exactly, I don't know, but I think the personnel has made a, has made a tremendous difference. Uh, I remember when you had Mike Petriello on the podcast back in, um, whenever it was, like May, maybe, and he said that the Yankees invest more in the minor league analytics than most teams. Yeah. Which has helped um, them. It was that was, was it, uh, Ben Badler. Oh, it was Badler, yeah. not from Baseball not America. Petriello. Okay, but so that has allowed them to identify maybe hidden gems like like Luke Voigt or talk or Talkman. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, but I, I don't even know if we're talking about those guys. Yeah, right? I think. Well, well, I, I think, think more, Michael. I mean, more about the org. That's a, there's uh, that that's part of it for sure. But when you're looking at the organizational depth and how much success these guys have come up, how many guys have come up through the system from starting in like low A ball have come up, and and I know Mike Ford was a um, a, a rule five right from Seattle. Well, no, he he was taken by long, Seattle and then Yankees got him back and then brought back. But I'm saying like he so he's he's come. I mean, back he's 27 years old, I think at this point. It's not like he's yeah, a he's, young prospect. He's not a young guy. So, the, but the, he started in the low in the low A, uh, you know, the low minor leagues with the Yankees, and these guys have all come up together. So I don't know how to put your finger on like why these guys are all coming up and having success, but I can tell you is that because they've had success along the way, and because they've been developed well by this coaching staffs along the way with the um, with with the Yankees and their and their their affiliates. It helps. It does because they all play together well, and for whatever reason, I think I think that matters. Like you ask baseball analytics guys, they don't think that matters. You ask guys that I like, like Harold Reynolds, he'll tell you that matters. I think like, it matters. The baseball guys who actually play baseball thinks it. Well, matters, I think, it, and I think it does. I think too. it matters. And I also think the analytics matters. I think you can't get what they, the Yankees have matters. had this year without a little bit of everything, and that everything also includes a little bit of luck. Oh, for sure. Because I think I mean, there's like, another scenario where you play this season out and you have an all-star starting lineup go on the injured list in April, May, and June, and the Yankees are not best record in baseball. Oh, well, oh, yes, correct. I mean, that's, so that's probably the so likely yes, scenario. They have um, they have worked to develop a lot of young talent, and they got contributions from undervalued players like Voigt and Urshela and Talkman and Mike Ford and Tario Estrada. And uh, like I, 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 there's been so many guys, Cameron Maben coming in from uh, the yeah. minor leagues in Cleveland and, and uh, giving them a boost. Like there's been countless guys that have helped this team get to the best record in baseball. But I think there is a scenario 
I don't know if you, you know, some people can uh, go conspiracy theory on you and say that we're all just living in a matrix and this is one of the paths that paths that broke off and we're in the Yankees' best record path, but there's another parallel universe where the Yankees are <clears throat> middling around 500 and we all are just saying, well, they had so many injuries, what did you expect? But the thing is, is also when you're looking at, we talk about luck and I, I mean, I, of course I think luck has takes a place in all sports, especially um, when you're talking about you know, injured guys and then you you hitting on another guy who's come up. But the fact that they've had so many of these guys hit and do well, and when I say hit, I don't mean offensively, like hit with their talent, and that have come up and, and, and contributed in such a positive way, it's hard to look at that as luck anymore because now you're looking at these guys who got identified as such. They saw what they were, they, they saw what they saw, and they thought it could translate at a higher level. Well, they were right, and they were right a lot. They were right. Cashman and his guys who go out there and, and scan the the, um, the minor leagues. Uh, and, and it's not like a lot of these, they're using a lot of these numbers, like the analytics, the, the fact that the Yankees spend more money, but a lot of stadiums don't have that stuff. So these teams, they can't see it. Um, but for whatever reason, the Yankees spend a lot of money. They can identify certain uh, certain things from the, from different minor leagues. Well, not for and whatever able... reason, because they've put value in that stuff, and Cashman has convinced Steinbrenner. I'm talking about to when I say I say yeah, for whatever reason, I'm more of like yada 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 technology. <laughs> the Yankees are better and spend more money. <laughs> no, but Cashman has uh, clearly convinced Steinbrenner to say. It's not just spending money on payroll at the 25-man roster level. You have to spend right. on every level of um, – they t- like that book that I read earlier in the season about um, the uh, Clappish book. Um, yes. Uh, Empire, Empire. Yeah, Inside, Inside the, the Empire. Empire. I mean, they talked about all the investment they make in – it's not just the – uh, like I said, the salary, but it's the facilities. It's the, the classes they put these guys through. It's it's the it's everything to make there is to maximize their uh, their potential and their their uh, possibilities on the field. But like that starts with having a comfortable place to live and sleep and having healthy food instead of another Big Mac from McDonald's. You went a little too far because a funeral home in AAA is where some of our guys. They are said that article said it is some of the nicest place to to rent in it's a slump buster <laughs> that's true it is a slump buster um but no it, it does it's a look it's and i heard there's a gas station that sells some good some goods right across the street oh my god a world-class organization top to bottom but what i think has made such a bigger difference is the evaluation of talent because we've always been a world-class organization they've always done the right thing in a lot of ways but they have not been able to identify talent for a while. We've had a very, we had a big drought in our minor league system, and for whatever reason, it, the for whatever reason is that I think we have better talent evaluators, better scouts, more more scouts, more technology that are seeing the numbers that maybe we hadn't seen before. So yes, they've invested more of that. They've gotten better at that, and I think that's been paying dividend big time. The the uh, what's the cliche quote? It's um, luck is preparation meeting opportunity. You ever heard that? Yes, I, I think that's that's what we've just been. T- we've Oppor- opportunity. Yeah, I mean, luck. It's not just that. I can't just go out on the field and get lucky and hit a home run, right? I have to. I have right. to prepare. Like you have to put some preparation towards that. So yes, the Yankees maybe have gotten a little lucky this year, but it's also everything they've put in to put themselves in that position. Yes, you have to be ready for those opportunities. It's just like in the field, right? You gotta you gotta react, not think. 
Be ready. The next one is... I can't... My, my voice yeah, is... Yeah, we're almost done. Bad. Don't worry. The next one is from Sh- uh, Shannon Corcoran, who is a.k.a. Greg Bird's number one fan. Shannon has called in the voicemail line before. She's been to a couple events. She she was maybe the uh, one of the only people to buy that Greg Bird hairless cats uh, t-shirt, <laughs> and I've seen her rocking it a few different times. She was she was wearing this uh, uh, recently. I, we were talking about it. I've talked to her a few times behind the scenes too about some Greg her, Bird stuff. Her and, so very, very her and intern Sean from George's Box are maybe the two only Greg Bird fans left on earth. It's possible. Yeah, we should we should introduce them so that they can uh, they can nerd out on Greg Bird. <laughs> she says, "Can we please talk about how painful it was to have to watch Mike Messina get driven around Yankee Stadium? I have not seen such an awful display of awkwardness since the opening remarks of his Hall of Fame speech when he attempted to counter Joe Torre's joke about him always being monotone. By the end of the ordeal, I find myself both horrified and mystified that he did a not fall off the cart and become the 28th Yankees player to land on the IL this season, and b not run away upon learning that he had to go sit in the booth with his arch nemesis Michael K. For some reason, Shannon Corcoran, aka Greg Bird's number one fan, aka Mike Messina's biggest hater. <laughs> yeah, she hates him. This is clear. Um, so I was. You were there. I, you I were in like, the stadium. Yeah, yeah. What did you see from yeah. from the stands on the Mike Messina stuff? Yeah, it was a little weird. It was like you know, it, it kind of like happened. It all of a sudden, like he was going around in a golf cart. Did I, you know about I, this I going into today's game? Yeah, they didn't I found make out a about huge it. deal about it. Like, no, I think I saw. Well, the, yes, to tell you the truth, I don't think they made a big deal out of the Mariano thing either. No, but I, I mean, I knew the Mariano thing was happening. I, I kind of was taken off, was taken by surprise. Like, oh yeah. I, it's Mike Messina day today at the stadium, I guess. Like, I think maybe yes showed a commercial or two about it last week. Here, the, the, the feeling that I got in the stadium is that not many people cared, uh, that he was going around in a golf cart. That was a little, I thought that was a little strange. Like I, I don't, I don't think that was necessary. Um, the golf cart thing, but he just got into the hall of fame in Cooperstown and he was a very good New York Yankee. Um, Didn't win a world so, series. Did not win a World Series. Did win 20 games. That was his last year, right? Uh, but it was cool. I mean, like, we had a moose chant. Kemp gave a moose <laughs> chant. He even did it. That was cool. Uh, I, I went out and watched it for a little bit and then went back in. Uh, I listened to, to some of the things he was talking about. Um, I, I thought he was fine. Like, I think people just don't like his personality in the beginning because he's so dry and monotone. And I think people think he's just, like, very, um, like, just, just snobby. Like, I feel like that, that people just get rubbed the wrong way with him, his personality. Uh, and, and you know, he, I think he's snapped back at some people, too. Obviously, there's that with, with Michael Kay, there's that's been well documented that they don't, probably don't like each other very much. Um, but, you know, I didn't think it was terrible. Shannon's taking it to another level, I yeah, think. I, she was horrified and mystified. Um, I think she was going in with some feelings. <laughs> That's what I think about that. So I don't know how you can watch the Mike Messina thing. I I don't know how you can have this strong of an opinion on Mike Messina, to be honest. Right. We know Frank Marco writes for our site is weirdly obsessed with him for some reason, I guess. But the way I didn't even think him saying he didn't say anything. So Mike Messina is a borderline Hall of Famer for me. That doesn't mean he sucks, but that's kind of just what he. No, that means he's good, Andrew. That means he's good. But but people think like I say because he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame or he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I'm saying that he sucks because everything is black and white, Scott. When you're when you're on social media, (laughs) everything is black and white. Either Mike Messina is the greatest pitcher of all time or he's trash. Those are the only two opinions that you can have on social media about him. But the fact of the matter is, he's vanilla ice cream. Yeah, he doesn't do it. It's it's not exciting. You know, it's 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 Mike Messina who's out there. They they had the plaque. Um, 
the uh, that was the Cooperstown plaque, I assume that that he was out there like standing next yeah. to Joe Torrey was there. I always like hearing from Joe, um, you know. So there was it was fine. The 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 whole the golf cart thing is dumb in the first place anyway to me. Like they did it for the '98 like, game last year. They're just trying to show the the, the fans. And you go around giving high fives. Machina did that. He gave some high fives to people. I'm sure, it made their day. You know, it was yeah, nice. I, I think Shannon's overreacting. I I, Shannon, like can before you write this. us back and, and tell us why you hate him? Yes, because there's a, there's a reason. It better call up the voicemail line six four six four eight zero zero three four two. Tell us why you're such a Mike Messina hater. We're gonna play it next week. Yeah. Last one is from Melissa. Her Twitter handle is at Hannabel two one two one. Why is your name Melissa and then Hannabel on Twitter? Anyway. Why do baseball players chew tobacco during games? It should become illegal to chew tobacco on the field. They don't know don't they know what happened to Tony Gwynn? This one's out of left yeah. field, so I had to include it. <laughs> so obviously there's a there's a whole thing. Well, so funny enough, the um they they banned dip for a while. You couldn't show it, you couldn't see it, you couldn't you couldn't do a lot of these things. You know, the the guys were basically hiding it we wouldn't show it on camera now we're seeing like i i've seen it a few times i mean you've like seen CC the meme put, of cc putting, putting like in, an entire sh- yeah. friggin' like dump truck of chew into his mouth <laughs> and lemayhu they put mike, I mean, Le, i've seen mike ford doing yeah, it like, too Le, our lemayhu machine shirt has a little uh packed lip on that shirt it's not little i went back and edited uh, uh, from a suggestion that i thought was a great suggestion that i was mad i didn't think about it in the first place but i got nothing wrong with people calling out and i'll make adjustments i went back to that design and i added a hammer right into the right into the the right spot i i must have st- stared at that dip the lip in his uh the, the 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 bump in his lip for way too long to get that thing right so yeah it's there and it's and it's real um, why do they do it? Because they like tobacco. I don't know what to tell you. Some guys like tobacco. It's a thing in baseball. Some guys chew seeds. They're grown-ass men. If they want to chew tobacco, they can chew tobacco. I, I, don't have, I have no opinion on that. Um, if you want to tell your kids not to, to chew tobacco, and if they notice it and say something, that's an educational moment maybe. We teach them not always a great thing to do. You know, I don't think they try to put it on television all the time. I don't think the guys are like, hey, no, it's usually by accident that you get like, yeah, it's an accident and they don't like it. I could, I could guarantee they probably don't like it. They don't want it to be a, to be um, talked about. They don't want to like bring attention to it. It's just something they do. Yeah. I got, I got no problem with it. And the the whole Tony Gwynn thing, like, yeah, obviously it's extremely unfortunate that Tony Gwynn um, took the the bad side of the throat cancer. It wasn't, it was, I just looked it up. It was um, Salvatore Salvatore gland uh, tumor, obviously ca- okay. caused so, by some, the dip. Something bad that was probably caused. The, the chewing tobacco didn't help matters in that, and it was it was bad. Um, yeah, I'm not advocating it. <laughs> so you know, okay, what I mean? Scott, like, you are uh, not a dip. You are not advocating dip. Gotcha. We're loud, read you no, loud. No, not clear. me. Yeah. Would not do that. What is your opinion on stadium proposals? Because we had that little moment on Friday night at the game. Where there was a in stadium proposal, there was actually an in stadium proposal on Saturday too. Yeah, but there was. Uh, I just happened to not me, so I, I do have to give video credit to Leanne. She was taking the video at the time. She was pissed I didn't give her video credit on Instagram. Uh, yeah, why would you? You're supposed to do that. That's a I, thing. I told her that's part of you. She's just part of the content cog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, none of us get. I, was, get, I get said, I said, hey, it. how'd you get to? The, how'd you get into this game? Who who provided you the tickets? 
That's true. Good point. Good so point. Um, she caught on the Jumbotron. They showed the the proposal, and then Glaber was coming up to bat. He was leading off the inning, and they, they just caught him shaking his head. So everyone in the stadium thought he was shaking his head because of the stadium proposal. Maybe it was, he was shaking his head because I think the in-between inning took like an extra 15 seconds or something like that. So like they had to wait to, for him to go approach uh, his at bat. He already said something about it. He said that the catcher said something right. to him, and he was shaking his head like it was a bad right. joke. Or but the joke was probably like, "You got to be a real shithead to propose in a stadium." <laughs> probably. So, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, I, I have nothing against marriage. No one's saying you got anything against marriage, bro. You have yeah. something against." He's, ha- he's a happily married guy. Yep. So are you? I'm about to be. Nothing wrong yeah. with marriage. I got problems if you're so, proposing. So to be in clear, we're, we're we're not we're not advocating um, chewing tobacco or smoking for that matter. And uh, marriages are yeah. a good thing. So, no. I, would, would I ever in a million years do a stadium proposal? Hell no. Hell no. First of all, it's very risky. Very risky. Remember the kid that dropped the ring and then couldn't find it? That happened, like, what, last year or two? I thought it was, it was a Yankee game. You dropped the ring and, like, they couldn't find the ring. Like, yes, yes. Well, now what do you do? Okay, you, you just dropped the, however much you spent on that. Probably a yeah, If a guy's proposing at a stadium, you probably at like 1500 on that. To him, it was probably a lot of money. To everybody who spend money on a ring, probably a good amount of money. Anyway, a lot of things can go wrong. You never know. Too many people around you that could be just a bunch of assholes and screw it up. You know, just way too many things that could go wrong. I like more of a controlled situation. Um, and you know what? Like, if there's that possibility that girl says no, you just did that in front of, you know, 50,000 people. Yeah, and that's why it's, it's, she's, uh, she's pressured. To say yes, it, yeah, she she doesn't mean it. She she's like okay. Now you don't know I'm if she to, meant it or not. Have to talk to you. So I was I was just googling this. So you've seen this uh, graphic of all of the different costs at each baseball game to uh, to propose at a baseball game. Have you seen yeah. that graphic? Okay, I don't know. So uh, the most expensive one is Dodger Stadium. It costs twenty five hundred dollars to propose it at Dodger Stadium. Costs a hundred dollars at Yankee Stadium. A hundred bucks, that's it? Yep. It costs $2,500 because it's Hollywood, right? So they're probably like, they probably get these jackasses that do it like every game. So they had to bump the price up to, to get rid of all the, uh, the, 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 a, uh, the um, F-list actors <laughs> to get up on their jumbo. It costs $39 at Pirate Stadium. I mean, you might as well get, <laughs> you might as well get married every week. Uh, the following stadiums do not allow it, which I respect. Blue Jays, Angels, Royals, Orioles, Mets. Do not allow it. Good for those guys. The Mets is surprising. <laughs> Feels like a Mets thing to do. Right. They need they, the the Will Ponds need the extra money but in their pocket. Honestly, if you if you're if you're trying to make this decision and you're and you're looking at it and you're like, mm, this is a really good decision. You should you should take a step back and then just know that it's not a good decision. And that she will probably not like it and she will feel pressure. And when you leave that stadium, whether there's a ring on her finger or not, and especially if there is a ring on her finger, you won't really know if she meant it. Because there were 50,000 people there giving her pressure to say yes at that moment. You won't know if it was real. I, the, I mean, I'm sure later. there's a, a girl out there who this is her dream to be proposed to at a baseball game. If she's a diehard fan of that team, and like that might be her dream. But unless you're marrying that girl, don't do this. You better damn well know that's that girl. <laughs> you better damn well know it's that girl. Well... You better know, the and then don't screw it up. You and propose, then hopefully everybody. Well, so you shouldn't propose if you're unsure about the answer. 
I'm not getting into this conversation on when people should propose when they shouldn't. There are, there are feelings that matter here. Um, just just don't do it at a stadium. Just don't. Don't dip. Don't propose at a stadium. Any any other do's or don'ts on this show, Scott, that you want to get off your chest? I'm too tired. Okay. I got nothing else. I got, I got nothing else. We're going to tap out then. Uh, very fun weekend. Thank you to everyone who came out to the event on Saturday. I saw a few other people in and around Yankee Stadium on Friday at that game as well. Um, there's going to be a playoff event. Like you said, keep an eye out for those uh, for that email information. Scott, I'm going to let you go to bed unless you have last words. <laughs> That, it was just a fun weekend. That's that's. I'll, I'll just cap onto that again. Like these events, we've talked about this a zillion times. Just uh, so much fun seeing everybody. It's just every. I feel like every time it just gets better because we see a lot of the same faces now. There's a lot of repeat people now, um, and I, and I really do hope that if you've come, you you'll, you'll come back. Tell they just tell friends to come. I met some fun. people this tell weekend. Tell your friends. That, yeah. Uh, uh, the, I was talking to this group of girls, and one one of them is a, a fan of the show, and the others had had really no clue. They they just wanted to come to a, to a fun yeah. event, so that's why they were there. Yeah, and I, I saw I saw I saw her tweets a bit out about yeah. that and saying that they uh, they are now hooked. So that that's the thing. Bring your friends out. It's a, it's the more the merrier. That's the bottom line. And it, the more we have, and, and and we can grow with this. Again, it's just kind of it's like a it's like dominoes. The more we can. The more we can throw things back uh, to the community, and that's what we're doing here. Barbara, Barbara the was biggest, the person. Biggest. I was trying to think of her name, Barbara. And I meet. So I, I tell I tell people this when I meet them. Like I I remember I, I recognize your face. I remember our conversation. For I, I'm I'm bad with names. All right, we'll get better with names. I'm working on it, Scott. That's it. <laughs> All right. You done? <laughs> we'll talk. To, I'm done. That's it. We'll yeah. talk to you. Wait, on, see you guys. We're freaking exhausted. Talk to you Thursday. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. Guys, what's going on? Kevin from DP Crew Western New York. I mean, what's going on up here? The athletics? Kryptonite, come on. 4.5 nasty nester. Uh, doesn't look good either. Cody Tocap Garen. I don't. I don't know. This isn't. This isn't going to get it done right now. This bullpen is. It's brutal, guys. It's brutal. The athletics 0-4. They don't take them that last two. I'd. I'd be a little bit. A little bit worried about them in the playoffs. So not good to see. I mean that toe tap's annoying. Nasty nester shouldn't be on the playoff roster. Um, Boone just punted this one into the sun and had no interest in it, but I think you need to bounce back and try to grab two because this is this is an abomination. I mean, who would you rather play, the Astros or the Athletics right now? Man, let's see if we can clean this thing up. All right, later, boys. Yeah, you know why I love this team? Because we're done with never out. We're fucking savages. We get in our box. What's up, guys? This is Paul in Harlem. I went from never being at a walk-off home run game to now being at two in a row. Yesterday, I had to sneak in Section 205 in the ninth inning just to celebrate with you guys because I knew that walk-off was coming. There's something special about this team. This is our year. Let's go, Yankees. Hello, I've been Shrivers with Eric Syracuse. Congrats to the Yankees for taking two out of three in the great playoff-like atmosphere this weekend. I'm not going to
Newcastle for the one night. A special shout out to the, the savages in the eighth and ninth inning that totally bailed out that fucking nerd that uh, told Boone to start that dull kid. What the fuck was that all about? And uh, it's such a great contract to see Boone's boy waving at a fish in the dirt. Oh, ah, yeah, JD did swing. I don't fucking know. He fucking sucks. Ford comes through with a walk-off. I just hope Stan doesn't come back. Someone need that motherfucker. Stan and boy, boy, get the fuck off this team. Later. Hi, my name is Patricia from Staten Island, big time Yankee fan. I was at yesterday's game and put a game. That's all 11 innings. A nail biter, sit in the edge of your seat kind of game. Fantastic. So glad to be able to take this series from the A's at home in the Bronx. Our Bombers did it. Never say never. They, they did it. I, I love it. And uh, at the game yesterday, I kept thinking I'm going to be 69 in three weeks. I'm getting too old for this. But never too old to be a Yankee fan. Go Yankees. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.